Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. On our series called Renovate. If you have not been here, I'd encourage you to go watch this series. I love this series. And just so you know, I was meeting with somebody the other day and I said, this series, the, the, the basis of it, the foundation of it is so crucial. I could literally do this series all year because all I would do is keep going through the different components of life and what are the core beliefs that drive those categories of life. And so anyway, the whole series is based on this idea. From Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul is saying something profound here. He said, do not be conformed to this world. Don't don't look like everybody else, smell like everybody else, talk like everybody else. Don't, don't just adopt the ways of culture. That's a trap. Don't do that. You want your life to be exceptional, not just like everybody else has. Because if you look at everybody else's marriages, you're like, eh, okay. You look at everybody else's finances, you're like, eh, you know, you look at everybody else and the way they do life. And, and Paul said, don't conform to the patterns of this world. Actually, what you want to do is be transformed. I say transform. It was a Greek word that literally meant metamorphosis. So it wasn't like behavior modification. Hey, it was, a, hey, I'm your pastor. Do things differently. And he goes, no, no, no. Don't just do things differently. Be different. Like, be, be metamorphosized into something completely different. And he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so the way that you accomplish that is, is you have to renew or renovate, hence the name of the series, renovate your brain. You have to rip out the old thoughts, ideas, and beliefs. And then replace them with something completely new and profound and different and divine. And then you'll be able to actually figure out life and, and figure out and make sense of what God's will is for your life. And by the way, that will, by the way, is fantastic. It's good and pleasing and perfect. And so that's the kind of the component uh, or the, the foundation of this whole series. And so it, it, we said it like this, transformed lives come from a renewed mind. That is where you get a transformed life. So if you want 2019 to be better than 18, and if you want this this set of years to be better than the last set and this next season of life to be better than the next. You have to live a transformed life. And so, again, when it's not just about what you do, although that's important. Underlying what you do are these fundamental beliefs that you have, right? So, for instance, on week one, we said that there's a fundamental belief that should drive how you engage and interact with other people. Do you remember what it was? It's the idea that every human being is so valuable that they are a person for whom Christ died. So that guy that cut you off in traffic, the neighbor who didn't pay for the fence, the, 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 the girl at the checkout counter who messed up your order, the family member who annoys you, the coworker that took your idea and acted like it was his and took credit for it and you wanted to punch him in the face. That is still a person made in the image and likeness of God. So it doesn't mean that there's not any conflict or you're never going to engage with people or maybe even have a difficult conversation. It just means you're incredibly careful to remember how you engage with those people. Last week, we talked about a different idea. Really, it wasn't an idea of how you deal with other people. It was actually how you look at your own soul. And it was this, is that freedom is forgiveness. And forgiveness is freedom. And so anytime there is hurt or wound or bitterness in my soul, I need to get rid of it as quickly as possible. I need to forgive, not for their freedom, although that happens. I need to forgive for for my freedom. And so anyway, this is the series, and we're just building, and there's all kinds of things I could talk about. For example, I could do a whole talk on money, because I think one of the foundational or fundamental beliefs behind money is this, that I think you need to adopt, is this. It's all his. If you truly believe that all of your resources, all of your stuff, all of your money, and you looked at it and said, hey, man, I'm really on lease here. I got a, I got a, a birthday, right? And I got expiration date. And in the middle, everything I have is on loan. 
And it's all his. And so if it's all his, then I need to make all my financial decisions with the idea of, no, this is all God's stuff and I'm just a steward of it. I am the owner of nothing and the manager of everything. Parenting. I could do, I could do a talk on parenting because I think the driving thought behind parenting is this. That my greatest responsibility is to help my kids know and fear God. That's it. That's the starting point. I'm not saying that there's other, because I could build. There's other ones that are really, really foundational. But when you look at our kids, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a trap right now where we think, well, our kids have to be super, super smart. And, and listen, knowledge is important. But how bad would it be for our grow ups to have, our kids to grow up and have PhDs but not know God? I think that'd be a tragedy. I, I think sometimes we're so driven by sports and stuff and activities. And it's like, well, if my kid can play the piano or throw a baseball, that's wonderful. But God forbid they grow up and become a major league something and not know, and not know God. That would be a, that would be a tragedy. And so I, I, my point is this is what is it that drives all of your parenting thoughts, ideas, and decisions? What are the fundamental beliefs that end up driving what you do? Because, because if that's not your belief, then all of a sudden you in the moment make all kinds of decisions based on, again, I get my kid into every activity. They miss church all the time. We do all these things. We never have dinner together as a family. We never, why? Because there's a fundamental belief driving all of your decisions. What are those beliefs? And so again, what are your basic beliefs about? And then you fill in the blank. You need to know that because you need to know that all the stuff that you do, both good or bad even. Because see, here's the, here's one of the things you, you need to know, parents. Some of the things that you do are brilliant. And sometimes what you do is, is you teach your kids to go do those smart things. I'm telling them you need to go teach them what you believe that led you to do those things. Because if they'll buy into those beliefs, they will eventually do like you do. And your heavenly father knows the same thing. That if you will begin to think as God thinks, you will eventually begin to do as God would have you to do. That's good. I feel like I'm preaching better than you're amening me this morning. I'm just going to just amen myself. Man, that was good. I could pray and go home off that. That was good. Um, so anyway, uh, today though, everybody say today. Today we will talk about something that I think is the, is the fundamental belief that ought to drive all of your decision making. And it's simply this, and we'll start here and then I'll unpack it. And so, uh, men, if you check out, just pay attention for right now. And then if your wife asks you what Todd talked about on the way home, this is really all you'd have to remember. And then I'll just unpack it for the rest of the day. And, and it's this, it's simply this, it's that God knows what's best for you. Or we can make a personal say, no, no, God knows, God knows what's best for me. Y'all remember the TV show? It's old school. You will date yourself a little bit. Remember the TV show? Father knows best. Father knows best. If that were the fundamental belief that you had, and when I say a fundamental belief, I mean a belief that you are convinced of. That is so, you're so convinced of that anything contrary to it would bother you. Anything that was different than that would like throw you off and be like weird or foreign to you. And not just that it would be convincing, but it would even be at the forefront of your mind. Meaning like it would trigger, it would be the thing that you think about before you do the thing that you do. And before you make any decision in life, you would simply step back and say, well, no, 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 father knows best. God knows what's best for me. So before I go do anything, let me consider that. And, and how does that unfold? Because here's, here's what I know about you. The way that we typically make decisions is different than that. Normally what we do is, is that we just go and make a decision and, 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 and we think we know what will make us happy, but you know this to be true. Have you ever done this? Just, you don't have to raise your hand. We'll just, it's just between us. 
Have you ever made a decision that in the moment you're like, this is going to make me so happy. This is going to be awesome. And then you did it. And then you're like, that did not make me happy. I knew, I knew it at the time, but it did not, that did not make me happy at all. Or, 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 or if you don't have one of those, which you probably do. Have you ever had a decision that you, you wanted to make or a thing that you wanted to have and you, and you didn't make that decision, but you were on the fence and then like, Three weeks later or three months later, like you see the outcome of those events, you're like, whew, I am so glad I did not do that. I dodged a bullet there, right? Some of you go on Facebook and you find that girl, that guy from high school. You're like, whew, I dodged a bullet there. Um, uh, all right, if you don't have one of those, you, you definitely got one of these. Have you ever seen a friend of yours? Because you're way more objective about your friends than you are yourself. Have you ever seen a friend of yours who was about to do something so dumb and boneheaded? And because you were not into the emotional fray of it, you could step back and actually see clearly. You were sitting there thinking, oh my Lord, this is going to be a train wreck. This is not going to go good. And sure enough, it didn't go good. And you're like, I told you so. Because we feel good when we're right about things. Um... And, and, and so my point is, is that they believed and they were certain that that would make them happy. But you could see clearly and you knew that wasn't actually going to make them happy. And so what does this prove is that God knows what's best for you. Let's put it like this. God knows what's best for you better than better than you know what's best for you. And have you ever noticed too, sometimes there's like a delayed reaction to your decisions. Like you make a decision and you knew in the moment it would make you happy, but the results or the ramifications don't hit you for like months or even years lately. If you're in your thirties, you know this. Remember when you're in your twenties and you're like, I need that car that will make me happy. And then all of a sudden, 10 years later, you're like, dear Lord, if I would have just done the wise thing or the prudent thing or the frugal thing or the better I would have a car paid off by now. Instead, I'm still stuck with this car that's breaking down, and I still got this many payments on it. You just kind of go down the list. And so the ramifications sometimes don't even set in. Don't look at your spouse right now. There's sometimes, sometimes like the ramifications don't set in until 10 and 15 and 20 years later. And you're like, oh my gosh. Anyway, again, my point is, is that God knows what's best for me better than I know what's best for me. But if I keep doing what I want to do, I'm going to live in a world that lives like a roller coaster. I'm going to be hit and miss. I'm going to be up and down. I'm going to live with enough heartache and heartbreak and disaster and carnage. And then I'm going to wonder why. And this is a real temptation we fall into is sometimes we look at our life and we look at God and we're like, God, why did you let this happen to me? Uh, you bought it. <laughs> you smoked it. You drank it. You ate it. You, you chose that. That was, that had nothing to do with God. That was, that was you. That was your decision making process that all of your decisions ultimately led you to the current destination that you're at. Now, for me to tell you that Father knows best, that God knows, if you've been walking with God, you would all agree with me that that's true. But let's be honest, that's really hard to live like. Because many of us who know God still don't really surrender to that fundamental belief. It's not something we're ultimately convinced of and it's not something that's at the forefront of our mind. And do you know why? I'm so glad that you asked. It's this. Ultimately, there's two There's two real reasons I'm going to point to. And it's this. Number one, this is the first reason why we can't just buy into Father Knows Best. It's because normally we're on a happy quest. We're not on a truth quest. 
We're not actually looking for the truth. Remember, Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. We're not actually looking for God's wisdom in the moment. We are looking for that which will make us happy. Now, listen to me. I know you don't want to admit that, but let's just all be human and let's be all humble. Don't be all religious on me. Let's just admit it. Okay, most of the time I just do the thing that I think will make me happiest in the moment. And because you know this to be true. Remember... Uh, remember when you were a kid and you thought eating candy for breakfast was completely acceptable and reasonable? You're like, why? Why would you eat candy? And your parents are like, no, you can't have candy for breakfast. Why? It'll make me happy. Why? So the things that make you happy in the immediate are also the things that, well, you know, they create problems in your life beyond cavities. I mean, there's some things. Remember, remember when you, you, if your parent, you know this, remember, or when you, maybe you were the kid, remember when you were like, uh, your parents were like, yeah, don't date him. He's not good for you. Yeah, but I like him. Yeah, but he's, he'll be a bad influence and he's into these things and he doesn't this. I, yeah, but I like him. Yeah, but she's hot. <laughs> but dad, she's hot. Uh, I know, but you know what? Just type of girl, but, but she's hot. So we have, what what my point is this, is that your kids don't walk out of the room and be like, you know what? You're right, dad. I'm not going to do that. Why? Because she's hot. Because he's cute. Because I like him. Because in the moment, again, more knowledge and more information is not our issue. It's that ultimately we are just looking for that which will make us happiest in the moment. Now, here's the other thing, too, that's interesting about this. What makes you happy changes. This is what makes you so weird. This is what makes me weird. This is what makes humans weird. What makes us happy changes, right? I'll prove it to you. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Do you remember when you were shopping and you bought that because it would make you happy in the moment? And then you got into debt and then you felt pain and misery. And then you worked really, really hard to get out of debt. And then you were so happy that you're out of debt. So in one instance, you're happy because you're shopping, but then down the road, you're, you're happy because you're out of debt. Like it's just whatever makes you happy in the moment. If you're, if you're a smoker, you know this, uh, if you used to be a smoker, you used to love smoking, like the drag on a cigarette and the, you, you'll reminisce about it sometimes even, but then you like worked hard and you, you quit smoking. You're like, I'm so happy. I quit smoking. Right. It's all kinds of weird things like this. Like, uh, like, like for instance, like eating, I love to eat. I love food. Whew. But then all of a sudden you gain a lot of weight. Then you're like, man, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to lose all this weight. I'm going to get back my six pack abs and my beach body. And now you're so happy. What made you happy changed, didn't it? You don't even know what makes you happy. That's my point. You don't even know. I'm happy that I smoke. Now I'm happy I don't smoke. I'm happy that I eat. Now I'm happy that I don't eat. Which is it? You don't even know. Father knows. Father knows best. But do you believe that though? Like fundamentally at the core of your being, are you convinced of it? Anything else would be awkward or weird or dysfunctional even. Here's another reason why we don't fall, uh, fall into or, or follow through that father's no best idea. Is this, we are the masters at justifying our decisions. Have you ever noticed that? He, this is my opinion. I could be wrong. Humans are at their most creative when they are justifying their bad decisions. Aren't we great at it? We come up with the best stuff. Like some of you are creative with like art and music and things like that. But the rest of us who have no creative ability, all of our creative ability is stored for this right here. It's that when I need to justify a bad decision, I get very creative. 
And then I talk myself into it and I convince myself that it's true. Watch, watch this. I'll, I'll prove it to you. Remember we were talking about earlier, like, well, because she's hot. Now here's the deal. Normally the reasons, the real reasons why we do stuff. Have you ever noticed this? You don't actually tell people those because it makes you look bad. Right. Why well, watch this? Watch this. Hey, why are you dating him? Because he's rich. Now you would never say that, but it's true. Like, 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 because he's rich. And now you have to say because you care about him. But it's because he's, it's because he's rich. Uh, because my friend bought one. That's the real reason why you bought one. It's because my friend bought one. And I want what my friend has. Like, so I, I felt, my wife used to have this. My wife used to have what I called shopping jealousy. My wife would go to the mall with me and did not have her heart set on buying anything. But if I ever bought anything, she felt like, well, I need to buy something too now. And like, she was a, she was a jealous shopper. If I bought something, and so the real reason we, cause we discovered this and we laughed about it, and she doesn't do it anymore, cause the truth set her free. Um, <laughs> praise the, praise the Lord and, and Visa. Um, like, why'd you buy that? Cause you bought one. And she was unaware. See, again, some of these beliefs that you have, they're not just conscious, they're subconscious. She was unaware that she felt compelled to buy something simply because I, because I had one. Here's another, cause you can't, you can't say that. Um, because I want to look like somebody else. Like, why'd you have that little procedure done? Because I want to look like somebody else. You'll convince yourself, oh, well, for medical reasons, we know it's better for the body. And you know, you... Why, why are you hanging out with her? Because she needs a friend. Because she needs, she really needs a friend right now. Yeah, but you're married. Yeah, but, but she just needs a friend. I'm just being a friend. I'm just being, I'm being there for her. I'm being there. I'm just being a friend. I'm being there for her. Really? And by the way, nobody believes you. <laughs> nobody. Like, it's like this. We moved in to save money together. Like, that's, that's why we moved in together. So we could save money. Nobody believes you. It's for sex. <laughs> nobody. Well, you know, we did the numbers and what we just, we just felt like, and we would save so much money. And you're like, yeah, nobody, nobody believes you. And sometimes that's just the guy's reason. The girl's has a different reason than the guy has a reason. Um, hey, hey, why'd you buy that car? Because it was safe. It is a really safe, it's safe. It's like that one of the highest crash ratings, but you won't let your teenager drive it. You notice that? Dad, can I borrow the car? No, it's too safe for you. <laughs> and by too safe, I mean too expensive. Go drive the clunker. I don't care. Ladies, ladies, ladies. Because it was on sale. You, you, get, you get my point, though? Like, we are incredibly creative at coming up with our reasons and justifications. Did I step on anybody's toes? I feel like I step on everybody's toes. Uh, I don't even care. Uh, we are masters at justifying our decisions. And, 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 and here's, here's what's crazy about human beings. We will, we have something weird about us. We will tell ourselves the reason or the lie or the whatever over and over and over again until we actually believe it ourselves. It's crazy. So have you ever wondered why, let's ask this question, why do we deceive ourselves? Why do we deceive ourselves? Why do we tell us our lies? Why do we keep coming up with these reasons? Why do we keep justifying this behavior? Why do we deceive ourselves? Simply this, because your heart can convince you of anything. You ever notice that? 
our excuses, our reasons, all of this stuff. And just so you know, too, let me free you. This is not condemnation. This is just what we all do. And if you will break free and get some truth and experience freedom, I'm telling you, it'll be a game changer in your life. But this is not, this is not unique to you. I'm not picking on you because in the Garden of Eden story, Remember the first humans, the story of the Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden? Adam was told by God, don't eat of this one special tree, don't eat that fruit. Well, he kind of just ignores it and disregards it. And when his wife brings him some of the food or the fruit, he eats it, right? And when God comes to him and says, Adam, what did you do? He doesn't say, well, I ate it because I wanted to. See, one of the best things you can ever just, just come to grips with is, why did I do that? Because I wanted to. I thought it'd make me happy. Now, you don't want to say that, but I promise you, if you start to say that, it'll set you free because you'll hear yourself and be like, okay, I'm being ridiculous. Adam, what did you do? Why did you do that? Well, she was naked. She's pretty, and she handed me food. What do you want me to do? Because if a pretty naked woman hands you something, you just take it. Guys. And you know she was pretty because she's the only one there. There's no... There's nobody else around. There's no comparison. She's hot because that's all I got to work with. So she was hot. Yeah. So, so Adam, why did you take of that fruit? He should have just said, God, well, she was naked and she was hot and she handed me something and I just wanted to and I thought it'd make me happy and her happy and I just, my bad. I'm sorry. That's what he should have done. You know what he did? This is fantastic. It's in Genesis 3. Go read it for yourself. He, this is what he does. He blames God. He goes, well, uh, the woman who you gave me, she, she made me do it. Isn't that brilliant? Even Adam, even Adam, the first dude, still can't, you know, I want to blame and make justification and excuses and reasons. Here's, here's the best thing you can ever say, because I wanted to. Maybe I should reevaluate that because as soon as you, as soon as you say, because I wanted to, at least you're being honest with yourself now. And if you're being honest with yourself, remember, you'll discover the truth. And Jesus said that truth will set you free. So remember I asked the question, why do we deceive ourselves? Listen to what Jeremiah says about your heart. Cause this is one of the things we're going to dive into now. Jeremiah 17, nine, Jeremiah, the prophet says this. He goes, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond all cure. Who can understand it? Isn't that profound? He goes, you need to be careful what you do with your heart. Because we have a weird thing in our culture right now where we say stupid things like, hey, what's in your heart? You go to your friend for counsel and advice, and they're just as dumb as you are. And they say, just do whatever's in your heart. Don't do that. Don't do what's in your heart. Why? Because it's deceitful. Meaning it will lie to you. It will manipulate you at the conscious and at the subconscious level. You're going to get duped is what Jeremiah said. Yeah, follow your heart right off a cliff. And it's deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Meaning like there's no like you can't get a pill. There's not like a truth pill. You just take it and all of a sudden you see clearly. He goes, this is who can understand it. So again, I just want to give you some freedom. You're not the only one. It's all of us. Back to Adam. Even to today, your pastor, I'm constantly in a fight and a struggle to see clearly, to be honest with myself, to discover God's truth and let that truth set me free. And sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't. But my life is always better when at the forefront of my mind, I think to myself, no, no, Father knows best. Watch this, watch this, watch Solomon, Solomon gives us this wisdom and I'm going to close and wrap on this. Are you ready? Check this out. Uh, Proverbs chapter three, verse five through seven, very common, familiar scripture, but very much overlooked. 
in its profoundness. Listen to what Solomon says. This is, this is huge. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, wait a minute. Jeremiah just said the heart was bad. It is. Solomon did not say, trust your heart. He said what? Trust the with your. That's not the same. Solomon doesn't say trust your heart. No, I think he believes what Jeremiah believed. No, the heart is deceitful. It's crazy. It'll lead you astray. You can't, you can't always trust your feelings because normally you're on a happy quest and whatever makes you happy in the moment. And again, as soon as you begin to get on a happy quest and pursuing pleasure in the moment, you forfeit long-term happiness. So he goes, like, you don't trust your heart. That's crazy. You trust the Lord with your heart. And it literally it means this. The idea of trust in the Lord, the literal translation means lie helplessly face down. It means total surrender. I'm God, I'm laying it down. I, I, I'm not going to push. I'm not going to fight. I'm not going to rebel. I'm certainly not going to make dumb excuses since you know all things. I'm going to trust in the Lord with my heart. That's the difference right there. Next step he says is this. He goes, oh, and lean not onto your own understanding. Because this is the temptation that you and I have. The temptation is to say, well, I'll just do what mama said. Or what dad used to do. Or what I read in that book. Or what, what I always have done. Or what, what my friends were doing. Or what, I'll just, I'll just do that. And what you're doing is there's a temptation there just to lean on what you have. And I'm telling you, and Solomon's telling you, don't lean on what you have. That's not the way to go. Don't, don't lean in. Literally, it means leaning, leaning in or propping up against something. It's, it's saying, well, the way I would do that. Well, the way I would handle that. Well, mama always taught me. Yeah, mama wasn't always right. So he says this, don't lean onto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Everybody say all. In the Hebrew, this simply means all. There's nothing like, there's no like, well, in some things, in the things that you're comfortable with, in the things that you feel good about, in the things that your heart likes. No, 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 no. All. In all your ways, because you got ways. I don't know if you know that or not, but you've got ways. You got like your your work ways, your professional ways, your career ways. You got that. Um, you got your relationship ways. You know, opposite sex friends. You got your friendship ways. You got your you got your moral decisions. You know, because so, this is the temptation that some of you fall into. You think um, God is restricted to Sunday mornings between ten a.m. and noon. No, no. You, you, I'm not, what I'm saying is, don't give God your Sunday ways. <laughs> Don't give God your spiritual ways. Everything is spiritual. It's all connected. How you do life, how you interact with people, how you make decisions. It's a, there's no such thing as spiritual. Like, oh, that's, that's my spiritual life. No, there's just life. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And the word acknowledge, you do, there's something to this. It doesn't mean like, oh, think about it for a moment. It literally, because if you look at the way this word is used, the way they would say to acknowledge would they would say, this is what you're submitting to. This is why it says, hear, O Israel. Hear, o Israel. The idea of hearing it, it means obeying it. The idea of acknowledging it means surrendering to it. It's not like a mental, like, oh yeah, maybe I should do that. It, it is a surrender and a submission to. And then, and then lastly, he says this, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Which just brings us back to the original premise. What you do is so important. The decisions that you make are so important. The habits that you make are so important. 
But ultimately, there's a fundamental belief driving those things. And if you actually want to get your paths straight or the doing right, you have to begin with the acknowledging. Or we could say it like this. Submission precedes direction. You don't need more information. You are not lacking for information. You're not. You have plenty of information. You have more information at your fingertips than any other generation in the history of mankind. You have access to more Bibles than any other generation in the history of mankind. You do not need more information. You want to experience a transformative transformative life? Submission precedes direction. See, here's what I know. If you will acknowledge God first in all your ways. If you will think to yourself, no, no, Father knows best. I'm just on a happy quest. And that leads me to sometimes pain and misery. What if I sought the Lord first? What if I asked myself some really profound questions and sought God first and leaned into the wisdom of God and even lean into the person and God himself before I make these decisions? What would my life look like? What would the ramifications be? I guarantee you this, that if you did that, your decisions would put you on a path. Remember, that's how Paul said, he said, do not conform to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, everybody say then. Then you'll know what God's perfect will is. See, submission precedes direction. You're looking for God's best. You're looking for God's abundant life. You're looking for God's path for what God wants you to do in life. And I'm telling you, it doesn't even begin with the doing. It starts with the submitting to saying, Father knows best. So before I do anything, I will surrender everything that I have to him. Three breakthrough questions, and I'm going to close on this. Three breakthrough questions that you need to ask yourself after today. Number one is this. Why am I doing this? Really? Not, you know, not like the dumb answer. Not, not the answer I, you know, convinced myself of. Not, not all the things. No, no, no. What is really driving? Am I just on a happy quest? Can I just be honest with myself and say, I'm probably doing this just because I think it'll make me happy in the moment? What am I, why am I doing this? Everybody say, really? Like, really? Here's another question that you need to ask. If someone came to me with these same circumstances, what would I tell them to do? Have you ever noticed that you're so much more clear navigating other people's lives? You're actually quite brilliant. But then it comes to our own life and we get caught up into the fray. We get caught up into the fog and the emotion of it all. And ultimately, we let our happy quest trump our truth quest. But if you were to advise some, I do this all the time in counseling. I'm like, hey, if your friend came to you and said this, 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 and I just lay your life out for you, what would you tell them to do? I don't even know why people come to me for counseling. If all you do is ask yourself that question, you would probably only need to come and see me 10% of the time. What would you do if you were advising somebody else? Because when you advise somebody else, you are normally operating in objective truth, something that's real. Your last question is simply this. Well, what does God say? Because what I am convinced of is that Father knows best. That God knows what will make me happy more than I know what will make me happy. God knows what will lead to an abundant life better than I know what will lead. Do you really think you know better than God? Nobody in here is saying yes. But in the moment of decision, you have to surrender to that. You have to surrender. No, Father knows best. God actually knows what will make me happy. God actually knows what will bring a great marriage. God actually knows what will lead to a successful life. God actually knows what will lead to my happiness and joy. God actually knows. And so what I'm willing to do is, is I'm willing to trust the Lord with all my heart. I'm willing to trust God and acknowledge him in all of my ways. I'm not going to come up with my own thinking. I'm not going to be wise in my own eyes. I'm not, I'm not doing that. 
Because at the core of my being, I believe, no, 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 Father knows best. And when you begin to live and operate that way, I promise you, it leads to a transformative life. That is how you make this year better than last year. This is how you make the next season of life better than the last season of life. This is how you stay on a upward trajectory in life, walking with God. It's before I do anything, I surrender to the idea that Father knows best. Let's pray this morning. Here's a question I want you to wrestle with. Is there a decision that is right now on you or just ahead of you? And you've been like, well, you've been walking in your own wisdom. You've been leaning on your own understanding. You did what you thought would be right. You did what, hey, maybe you did what your heart said would make you happy. Is there a decision before you right now? Because all I want you to do, listen, you can go out of this room. You're going to do whatever you want. But will you do me a favor and just pump the brakes for a minute? And before you make that decision, will you just ask yourself a few questions? Like, why am I doing this? Like, really? Like, let me just not live in a delusional state. Let me live in truth. Like, what would I tell my friend to do that I genuinely love? Well, how would I tell them to navigate this? What does God actually say? Because if you could pump the brakes before you make that decision, I'm telling you, a transformative life, an abundant life. Because Father knows best. God actually knows what's the best for you. Better than you know what's best for you. And hey, if there's a decision that you've already made, listen, I'm not here to guilt you. God's not guilting you and shaming you. That's, that's ridiculous. What he's doing, though, is giving you an opportunity to step into a whole new way of living. And he's inviting you to come and follow. He's inviting you to be in relationship with him. And so would you, would you surrender? Would you say yes? Would you say, God, before I go do anything, God, would I please acknowledge you first in all my ways? Lord, help us to live like this. Help us to believe it, to be convinced of it. Let it be, Lord, at the forefront of our mind. Lord, that is our prayer today in Jesus' name. And we all said, come on, give me your best amen. Give me a hand clap this morning. Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at mbchurch.tv.